for me, a solid culture is being able to address those issues directly. Welcome to the Insurance Producers Podcast, where we bring you the top personalized producers, insurance agents, and industry partners, giving you at least three takeaways to 10x your production and build your multi-million dollar revenue books. So sit back, relax, and become inspired by the success stories and strategies of the world's top insurance minds. Let's roll. Okay, guys, welcome to Insurance Producers Podcast. I'm your host, Cyrus Jaffrey. I'm super excited today. I mean, we have one of the best in our industry here. Uh, give you guys some wisdom. Bradley Flowers, man, welcome to Nebraska. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. It's, yeah. it's fun to be in Nebraska, so... That's awesome. It's always great to travel all over the country and see people that I've met online over like the COVID years and that sort of thing. So and yeah. it's, it's great to be here. Appreciate you, man. Um, yeah. So it's our in-house. Bradley was in Nebraska and I reached out. I said, hey, Bradley, man, let's get let's have a conversation. And that turned into let's just have a podcast. And today we're going to talk about culture. Yep. Um, is I think Ryan Reynolds posted something on IAOA and he was like, hey, who has the best culture? And I was like, man, let's make a podcast out of it. You yeah. know, Bradley's got a good culture. Um, and then also I want to talk a little bit about your uh, family life ba- balance. Sure. You, know, you, yeah. you just gave a, an amazing speech. Um, and I think it would be, it'd be great for people to understand, hey, you could work hard and play hard yeah, as well, right? So uh, everybody knows Bradley Flowers. There's no introduction necessary. So let's get right into it, man. Yeah. So like, tell me a little bit about your culture, man. Like, How did you build it, the, the beginnings of it all? So the big thing I think I like to stress on culture is nobody's culture is perfect. Everybody has employee issues. Everybody has employees with family issues. Everybody has people they have to fire. Everybody has write people up, all that sort of thing. I think there's a bit of a... Uh, there's a bit of a a, a predisposed thought pattern in the industry that, oh, and in the business world, if somebody says they have a good culture, that means everything's perfect and rainbows and sunshine. And and in in fact, it's the exact opposite, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that um, for me, a solid culture is being able to address those issues directly and one-on-one. And, you know, like I think if somebody online – promotes that they have a perfect culture it's kind of like when you see a you know everybody has that friend that them and their spouse fight all the time but those (laughs) folks post on social media the most about it's kind of like that you know what i mean um so our culture is is very simple you know we abide by our four core values we care we take massive action we play the long game we give more value than we take we hire by those core values we fire by those core values every single thing we do is does this meet our core values? And then in addition to that, on a, and this is me just summing our culture up, in addition to that on a day-to-day basis, when issues come up, I think the biggest culture killer in America is the office politics that go on at most corporations. And, and if you're a startup, it's really easy to have a good culture right when you start. Mm-hmm. But when you start getting 10, 12, 50, 100 people, 200 people. I was talking to somebody earlier that had 120 employees. I'm like, good Lord, how do I, you know, um, it's really, it's, it gets harder. And so, like, as these issues come up, our role is, hey, be the bigger person in every situation. Mm-hmm. So if me and you are work at this company and we have an issue, mm-hmm. I'm, we're almost fighting to be the bigger person and then come fuss to me about it. So if I had to sum our culture up, it's, it's in those, those few things, cool. you know. And, sure. and then 
focusing on it. You know, I tell everybody, and I, and I mean it, day one, our culture is the most important thing. Like the fastest way to get shown the door mm-hmm. at Portal Insurance is not playing nice in the sandbox with somebody just for the sake of not playing nice in the sandbox. Mm-hmm. You know, culture is not foosball tables and margaritas at five o'clock on Friday and champagne toasts and unlimited time off and pizza parties. Culture is how you treat people, how you treat mm-hmm. each other, and then how that has a lasting effect on how everybody treats their customers. You know, I don't, I look at it as, and I'm going on a ramble here, but I look at it as I work for my employees and they work for the customers, mm-hmm. not the other way around. Most people say, boss, you work for me. And that, you know what I mean? 100%. And so it's a good way to sort of like encompass mm-hmm. everything into ultimately benefiting the consumer, yeah. you know, but for me, I mean, I had, I got, I got to the office on Friday and had a busy day lined up and one of my employees had an issue she wanted to talk about, one of our team members, and cancel everything. Let's let's talk about it. Like, you are more important than anything else that goes on other than my family at this moment. So anyway. Yeah. 100%, man, I love that. I Similar situation, we were in a meeting, a conference meeting. It's our C-suite level team. Yeah. Um, we have our leadership meeting. Every other Tuesday we have a leadership meeting. All mm-hmm. of our entities, uh, CEOs, and, and, and basically the right people are in, the, in there. We talk about, okay, what happened the last two weeks? I asked everybody and I forgot to ask one person, mm. right? And I didn't even know about this, right? And go on through the day, like my operations manager came over and he goes, hey, like this person is a little hurt. Yeah. Like because you asked everybody but not that person. And I was like, cancel everything. We're going to have a one-on-one. I, I had no idea I did this, right? But culture is figuring those things out yeah. and going right to and say, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to because that is the most important part you said is your family. You spend more time almost than your family. You do. With your team. You do, yeah. Dude, I love that because I just ran we were, into that. We were having a conversation. I was having a conversation on Sunday about office humor. Mm-hmm. And how it's really easy nowadays to have an EPLI claim and that sort of thing. And, uh, you know, we've never had one. And the person I was talking to had never had one. But uh, he made the point to me. And this is someone that likes sort of off-color humor, you know. And and he said, uh, he said, you know, I'm spending more time with these people than I am my family. Uh-huh. Like, at some point, I'm going to say something that could be deemed a pro- And I was like, that's a, you made a really good point, you yeah. know. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I want to talk about the four core values yeah. uh, that you went into. Like, how did you come up with it? Like, where do they come from? Did you just wake up one day, four core values? Like, yeah. Why? Why I, should agencies do that? I think the two mistakes people make, not just insurance, but with, agent, with, with businesses in general, the two mistakes they make with core values is one, at, at least for a lot of people I hang out with, business owners have a hard time separating internal messages and external messages Mm -hmm. external being marketing okay like your core values is not a marketing mechanism this is an internal mechanism and so i think that's the first thing it's like hey this is not what we're saying to the masses this is what we're saying to each other Mm -hmm. okay so that's the first mistake the second mistake is making it only core values that they abide by i think what you need to do is get together with your team and you collectively Mm -hmm. what do you think our core and you basically draw them on a whiteboard these are the things we're going to live breathe die by Uh, and we did that now granted we were like four employees when we we were like a team of four when we did it but um so the reason that they are what they are so we care because i think it's the best marketing strategy you could possibly have we care about each other our carriers our vendors our clients um the people that we share office building with all that kind of stuff 
uh, we take massive action. I want people going fast. Yep. You know, in my presentation, you just heard, yep. I talked about, I would rather have someone doing something 80% right and have three people doing that thing than me doing it and mm-hmm. not being able to scale. I look at it the same way with speed. Mm-hmm. And this is a complete opposite of how most insurance agency owners operate. Mm-hmm. But I would rather you go fast and screw up 20%, 10% of the time, but we're able to get way more output. Mm-hmm. So everything you do, you do with massive action. I want you doing it fast, fast, fast. Cool. Uh, the way you, you know, the way you go get coffee from the coffee machine, yeah. the way you walk into the office, yeah. like everything's fast. Speed, speed and efficiency are how you combat yeah. price Absolutely. with your customers, right? So there's yeah. that. And then... Uh, we give more value than we take. So in every transaction, I want that employer, that producer, that team member fighting to give that customer more value than the dollar yeah. they're giving them for the insurance. Now, it might it's hard to do in insurance. Yeah. It yeah. might be that we become the resource for them in the community because yeah. they're new here. Mm-hmm. Right? Hey, you need to go check this, you know, you can check this place out. Somebody was telling me I need to go up to Sioux Falls yeah. while I'm here. Like those sorts of things, right? It could be my friend Troy Corsgon talks about being a discussion partner. Like yeah. if I need to place my investment somewhere, my investment portfolio, even though my insurance agent doesn't do it, I'm gonna call them and ask for the recommendation. Or it may just be that we give them such a warm and fuzzy feeling they're nice to the cashier at Starbucks that day that's and it. they pass it on, that's you know? It. And then the last one is uh, we always play the long game. Hmm. And the reason we have that one is it's, I think it's very hard and insur- it's very hard to transition to insurance hmm. from other types of sales, car sales, real yeah. estate, uh, mortgages, technology yeah. sales. In most of those scenarios, all of the money's made up front. Yeah. You don't care what happens after right. the fact. And I think that lends itself to shady sales tactics, yeah. hard closes, that sort of thing. I don't think hard closes work in insurance no. because our margins only work for somebody to stay on the books years mm-hmm. and years and years. And so I want everybody in every scenario thinking, I don't want to, I'm not worried mm-hmm. about how this affects mm-hmm. me today. I'm worried about how it affects me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sell Miss Johnson a high deductible. That way she yeah. buys because I have to talk to her when there's a claim yeah. and she doesn't know she had a 5% deductible. Interesting. So that's, that's the four core values. That um, is cool. Yeah. And you would encourage, obviously, a lot of you agents. You can tell I've told to those before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You've done those before. You would obviously encourage a lot of agents to go find your own. Like, you don't have to yeah. pick, obviously, Bradley's and core values. Change them over time. Yeah. Our, our core values 24 months from now are probably yeah, going to be different. 100%. You know, we're, we're actually 100%. talking about adding uh, transparency mm. to, to that. Mm. Um, but, and you don't need, you know, I've seen some companies, I saw a company the other day that had like 40. Oh, geez. Like, you don't need that many because you want your people to remember <laughs> no. them. You know, no. Cyrus had 40 core values. You'd be like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. uh, be a That's perfect funny. person is basically what that means. That's but, but yeah, so. Yeah. That's cool, man. And ours, we don't have a specific four of them at all. Like, we don't, I don't even, we haven't came up with it. But for us, it's like, be a good human being. Yeah. Like, yeah. honestly, like, be a good human being. How you talk to people, how you treat people. It could be anybody. It could be our highest paid client, mm-hmm. or it could be somebody that just walked in because they needed something. Mm-hmm. Whatever that was. Like, you you treat people with respect, and then we just read um, Obviously Awesome. So as a team, we read one book a month, cool. our whole team. Every, and we go over it at the end. Everybody gives me one thing they're going to implement from the book, and then one thing they are actually, they really like. Just two things. And we go through it as a book. We read Obviously Awesome. It's the newest book that we have. We've been doing this for since, since awesome. obviously awesome. Okay. It's a marketing book. I have branding. this little problem where I hear a yeah. book name and I order it on Amazon and immediately yeah. my wife hates it. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. But you got to do – and it, and I think that became culture for us. Is like yeah. for, So for us, yeah. self-development became a culture. Yeah. So Reading a book that, became a culture. Been, I'm going to flip yeah. the interview around. Like Tell me. Implementing that, how is that yeah. – how was that? 
What, did you guys start that from the get? Because it's a we lot easier to do stuff when you. It, a lot of times when I give presentations like the one today, yeah. I tell people, "Hey, look, I'm empathetic to the fact that it's a lot easier for me to do all these things because I started from scratch in an established agency. It's changing the way people do things is hard." Yeah, so. but the worst thing you can do is not change. Absolutely. Change is the best thing you could do for your agency. If you're stuck at the same revenue for a yeah. while or if you're stuck at the same place, right now everybody's complaining about everything going on yeah. in the insurance world, right? Yeah. But for us, man, our culture is how do we just run through it? Kind of your mentality, yeah. the thing you talked about, how the storm – is it a, yeah, is yeah. It a the buffalo picture, run? The buffalo the run. Yeah, yeah. Just run through the storm, man. How yeah. do we figure this out? So our culture almost like positivity became a part of our culture. So people were receptive to it when you brought it up. Hundred percent. So everybody reads the one book, and then you have to pick. You have a meeting at the end of the month. I, I pick a book okay. usually, but route, like this week, we just said, "Hey Rosa, you pick a book. Juan, yeah, yeah. you pick a book." Or like, we just ran. Yeah. The book. And and it could be whatever book. Yeah. We've read the five love languages. Like It doesn't okay. have to be sales stuff. It could be about anything. My brother's a big Harry Potter person. He read a Harry Potter book. Like Oh, so it's not the same book? No. Oh, so it's, it's a different book person. every month. Every month we read the but same everybody's, book. Okay, everybody's – okay, gotcha. gotcha same gotcha, book okay. every month. It's a that. different book. And the first week, the first Monday when we have a team meeting, we go over it. And it become a part of our culture. It was like, what's the next book? Right, awesome. it became, and then we have a nine o'clock and a one o'clock call, which is fifteen minutes. We have all we people yeah. are kind of like you. We're we're virtual, yeah, yeah. a lot of them. Twenty of them are in house. The rest of them are virtual. But at nine o'clock, one o'clock, it's fifteen minutes. What did you do? The four hour thing mm-hmm. you just talked about, four hour mm-hmm. book, what Tim Ferriss? Yeah, it, we made it a four hour work day. So we do two days versus every other agency's one day because we cut it from nine to one it's our one day from one to five it's another day so we do two days of work and my people do versus everybody else one day and we go through it what did you do the last four hours and that became part of our culture everybody thought it would be the hardest thing to get everybody together for 15 minutes and it's a non-negotiable in our office being nice being in those meetings reading a book those are and those became almost Kind of your core values, mm-hmm. those became our core values, positivity, self-development, mm-hmm. and then showing up and basically creating this culture for us. Mm-hmm. So for some people, I would assume it just you just build it based on what you're doing. Yeah. You don't have to come yeah. up with the four. No, I would it just tell you what my it advice is. to you would be to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And then at the end, everybody has to pick one thing. I love it. Yeah. How, what kind of pushback have you gotten? You had anybody that's like, oh, I'm not reading the book or I didn't read there, the book. It's or, non-negotiable. There are some yeah. things that like – so I don't make like a Patrick lot of decisions. Patrick David, he does uh-huh. the same thing. And it's like, hey, if you yeah. don't read the book, you're fired. Like, You know, I we haven't came up to that is because like I feel like when I talk, like it's all most important things. I don't yeah, talk yeah, a lot yeah. in yeah. our office because I have other people run meetings even sure. for me. Yeah, like same. we have CEO level people, mm-hmm. right? So like – but when I come and say, hey, Juan, like I need to do this podcast, like that's a non-negotiable. It came from Cyrus. So it's almost like the, po- the person that talks all the time, you mm-hmm. kind of lose a lot of respect sometimes because you're just talking all mm-hmm. the time and they can't do 10 things that you told them. So it's like, hey, we're reading a book and it came from me and I'm the I'm head so of the organization. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost a done deal. I have a similar – so it's funny. Like people who know me in the industry and see me speak and stuff would be shocked at how little I talk in my agency. Really? How little rah-rah. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like and yeah. we've gotten to the point now where – because I'm just – it's all about the work. you know. It's just, and I trust my people to get their yeah. job done. I don't need to pump you up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, it's funny. We've gotten to the point to where our last two or three hires were podcast listeners. Oh. Um, and we knew it was going to happen, both Scott and I. Sure. Now it's kind of starting to happen where yeah. people in other parts of the country are listening to podcasts and reaching out. And uh, I sort of feel a little bit like obligated to give them podcasts, Bradley, yeah. when they first start. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's really not, yeah. you know what I mean? Because uh, we do a lot of lot of vetting on the front end with hires and stuff. Yeah. And 
I try to hire people that don't need to be motivated. But I've, I've the reason I ask, like I've debated doing the book mm-hmm. thing mainly. It's kind of like with my social media content. Um, a lot and a lot of people who put out content say this. Mm-hmm. Most of my social media content is for me right here. Mm-hmm. It's to hold myself accountable. It's for Love me. Um, if that. I put a video out and I've never done a video like this, it's just, if I put yeah. a video out, say you need to work out four times a week, what kind of jerk am I if uh-huh. I'm not doing, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so I've thought uh-huh. about the book thing. So I got into a really good habit 2013 to 2015 of re- I, there was one year I read a book a week. Oh, wow. I read 52 books, business books in a week. Um, one of those was tools of the Titans, which if you know is, uh-huh. you know, and I've gotten out of my reading habit. Mm-hmm. Life and stuff happens, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I've thought about doing the book thing to mm-hmm. hold myself accountable. Because if these other 12 people yeah. are reading this book, by mm-hmm. God, I need to read it too. Yeah. I'm the leader, you know. So anyway, I, I may call you That's more cool. about that. Yeah, I yeah, would love to, man. would love to have a conversation. We did we did a 75 heart challenge with our yeah. team. I got a couple and that's how it kind of started. Yeah. And one of them was one 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 page a day yeah. that's kind of how this whole thing started yeah. was like and then we're like let's just read a book a month instead of like because mm-hmm. every day for 75 days and our whole team started it it yeah. came down to two people at the end only left because they had to do all six things and the six things we just made up through the office but yeah. that became part of the culture so that's cool man um i want to go into um work-life balance man sure. you know you just obviously you you have a daughter that is 10 i have a daughter that's almost 7 going on 16 like you yep. said yours is going Get on ready, 20 man. i'm sure the, the <laughs> difference between 7 and 10 is uh-huh. astounding like i'm not excited yeah, for it I, I can help you yeah. but oh, i don't know gosh. that it uh, yeah it's it's just not it's yeah yeah when you're knocking on the door of the preteen years it's yeah. it's uh challenging I, I, and she's a great I, kid, I, but it's still challenging. It's just hard for a dad, man. Yeah. Cause like if my son was 10 yeah. or seven, I'm like, bro, you got it. Yeah. What, I had we, dinner with a guy last you know? night, same scenario, yeah. but it was a boy. And I was like, Oh, you're good, dude. Like you're, it's yeah. a boy. Like yeah. what's the worst thing yeah. that could happen? Yeah. Uh, so I have a two year old too. You have a two year old. Yep. I have a seven year old and a four year old boy too. So work, man, you travel a lot, mm-hmm. right? You got so many different businesses. You got the podcast, right? You're a renowned speaker. Um, I mean, a lot, everybody loves Bradley Flowers, right? So how do you, how do you like the work-life balance? Because mm-hmm. your wife is a business owner as well, right? So like, what is your suggestion for all the producers listening to it? Because it doesn't, you don't have to work 50 hours a week. No. I have never, my wife, when I left State Farm was like, Cyrus, I have one thing for you. You'll be home at 4.30 and yeah. you will never work a Saturday, Sunday. And I said, done deal. And yeah. I've never done that. So tell me a little bit about what does that look like? Yeah, I think... I'm a big believer in the hustle mindset, but I don't think you need to work 50, 80, 100 hours a week. Like I don't, I look at people doing that and I feel bad for them a little bit. Um, and I'm not perfect and I've never actually talked about this subject before, but I, I kind of look at work-life balance as, you know, you, you or me juggling, say, five tennis balls, right? At, some, at every point in time during that cycle, there's going to be a ball that's at the top. Yep. And there's going to be some that are at the bottom and there's going to be some that are dropped, mm-hmm. but you have to disrespect the fact that you're trying. And there's times I fail in my company. There's times that I fail in my business. Um, there's times, or that's the same thing, times that I fail in life, times that I fail at other businesses. You just have to recognize that you're playing the game and you're trying mm-hmm. to balance everything. But I, I look at it. So there's a guy, um, and I, I hate that I can't pronounce his name, mm-hmm. 
That's Tim something. His last name starts with a C. Okay. Um, and he's on TikTok. I highly recommend. He does these little 60-second vlogs. He does a video a day. He's the, I think, CMO or chief content officer, I think, at a Fortune 100 okay. company in New York City. Um, and he does these uh, video series where he base it's a, it's, a, it's a daily vlog on TikTok where he – He's got all these shots of his day throughout his day, mm-hmm. like a bunch of quick, like, and he narrates it, but he's talking to himself. And so it's almost for like future Tim It's kind of, it's mm-hmm. like, so you woke up this morning. And, and so basically like his routine is he wakes up at like four 30, he works for two hours. He goes for a run. He comes back, takes the kids to school, works all day, documents his meetings at the end, picks the kid up from school. They do, uh, um, they do, uh, like family time, that sort of thing, puts kids to bed, works more, that sort of thing. Well, he started, he's blown up, he's huge, and he's starting to get a little bit of hate mm. from, uh, just to say it, I think the crowd that doesn't want to work hard, mm. and of about, this is like so toxic, and da-da-da, and like, how do you have time for your family? I'm like, no, that, he's showing you how to do work-life balance. What? Like, he's killing himself. He's getting up at 4.30 and the kids. And I'm like, no, like, that's how you do it. Like, that's work-life balance. Like, you have to make a little bit of time for everything. Something sacrifices, that sort of thing. Um, But I think my biggest advice is just to make time. Like, I calendar block. Everything's on my calendar. Mm -hmm. I put lunch on my calendar. I put time with the family on my calendar. It's Mm -hmm. color-coded. Family time's purple. Work is uh, blue. And then I have green for non-portal stuff so like mm. podcasts and that sort of thing okay. i try to keep those colors somewhat somewhat equal yeah. and then learning to say no to things yeah. is very hard for me mm-hmm. uh it took me a couple years but you can imagine yeah. uh, i'm sure you since 101 western labs and you guys launching you guys have had you've had a lot yeah. of opportunities you know i've got i've had you know in the last not to, I'm not bragging or anything, no. but like in the last quarter, I've had like 10 business opportunities mm-hmm. that I know are going to make money, but it's yeah. like, Hey, what 100%. is, you know, so I think that's important. I think it's being, uh, upfront, whether it's your spouse or a potential business partner being yeah. upfront about the degree of your involvement. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, a business, I was a, a partner in a, a mortgage company, okay. which I'm sure you'll find interesting uh-huh. that I only did because I wanted to learn that business so we could better serve our referral partners and um to be honest i was not super me and the other guy were just not super clear with like what my involvement was gonna be that partnership ended up Mm. ending well uh we're still friends because he thought i was gonna be involved more i thought i was just gonna be in like quarterly meetings and you know so i think it's being up front with certain projects that Uh you're taking on of like the degree of involvement and that sort of thing it's super important for work-life balance and then like I said, making time for your spouse, you know, we, me and my wife try to do a scheduled date night once a week. Cool. The best investment you can make is a babysitter mm-hmm. that's willing to be there till like midnight mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and, and just make time for everybody. And then I think, and I'm just, I'm just throwing a bunch. I don't have a yeah. pre pre put together. No, spiel. This whole podcast was five minutes ago. I told you what we're going to talk about. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, but it's, uh, it's the, the other thing is I think, communicating with your spouse. It's like people would be shocked. My wife's in the same business that, that mm-hmm. you and I are a uh, separate agency. People would be shocked at how little we talk about at work mm. about work, which I think is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we also will have times where she'll say, Hey, I need to unload on you for like 10 minutes right. or I need to un- right. unload on her for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Or um, another thing that we've done in the, a little bit in the past is, 
is this a problem you need me to solve or do you just need me to listen? Mm. Because as guys, we are fixers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, all they want us to do is listen. Just listen, baby. Not actually solve the problem. Uh And I think uh that that causes a lot of issues. Um, But I'm not perfect at it, man, by any means. But I think you just have to make time for everything. You've got to be willing to say no to projects. And everything I just talked about in there helps. It's like, for those of you listening, I talked about automating, delegating, and outsourcing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. My team allows me to do those things, be there for my family Mm -hmm. and, and that sort of thing, and know that, you know, if you don't work 90 hours this week, you're not going to burn the world down. And what happens is like you and your wife having that conversation, if something comes up Mm. and there is like a situation where you have to work a lot, she knows it's a big deal. Right. And it's like, Oh, he, you know, we're working on a a huge deal with the podcast that Mm -hmm. if it goes through, will be the biggest thing we've done for our listeners. Mm -hmm. And I had to go, I had to fly somewhere last week for it. And it was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I I get it. You know what I mean? Cause Um, you don't ask all the time. It's very easy just to say yes to everything. And then the next thing you know, you're one of these people that goes to 18 conferences in Mm -hmm. a year and didn't apply anything. You know what I mean? And then living in the travel, man, like I'll tell you one hack that I've done is I'm sorry I've talked and you haven't talked at all, but mm-hmm. one hack that I've done is usually even if it puts myself out, I will fly somewhere and fly back same day. Mm-hmm. And I don't live in a place where it's easy to do right. that. But like literally Sunday, I had to go to Orlando, Florida. I got on a plane at 10 a.m. I flew to Orlando. I was there two hours. One of that was a meeting. And I go back to the airport and I fly home. <laughs> Um, would have been very easy to stay yeah. overnight, would have you know, been probably the same amount of effort, but it would yeah. it just, I think it means more to her that, Hey, he's, he's not standing overnight. Right. He's coming home. So any chance I can do that, I do that. Uh, um, I'm not at the private jet yeah. level moment, but that yeah. would certainly help a lot or to not uh-huh. have to connect through Atlanta or Houston or Dallas everywhere. Yeah. But I usually am more yeah. apt to say yes to things yeah. travel wise, if I can do that. And usually a little not apt if I can't, you know, so just looking at, looking at your day that kind of way, I think is important. And, you know, my son's getting to the age that he knows when I'm gone and Mm -hmm. that's not, uh, it breaks my heart, Mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. Dude, I would imagine this is the best thing in the world is coming home from work. And that two-year-old, it's always my two-year-old, da-da, and like they just runs like Mm -hmm. you're the most important thing in the world. And um, it's just sad to not experience that every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I'll tell you too, man, I knew this guy that was an insurance agent, uh, and I'm trying not to cuss on podcasts anymore, but he was the biggest asshole I've ever met in my entire yeah. life. But he told me, he said, I've never brought it home. Not, not the asshole, but never brought work home. Oh. It's, and I was like, and I, it hit me, and that's something I need to get mm. better at. Me too. Because I'm, I'm dealing all with right. all the stuff that went yeah. on in the day. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the coincidental thing about which you've done a really good job of, but the stuff that I talked about today is once you you have your business running like a company and not an insurance agency and you yeah. leave yourself a higher level task, they're all problems. Yeah. So you're dealing with these bad problems through the day and it's really yeah. hard. And I've struggled with leaving, yeah. but I thought back to that guy and I was like, you know, yeah. if that jerk can do it, I can. I can 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. And so, so that's yeah. something I'm being intentional about right now is, hey, leaving work at the door. And I'll tell you something about me, dude. Once I get out of work mode, mm-hmm. It is very hard for me to get back in. Mm. Very hard, which is a good thing, I think. So, like, we, we just changed this, but up until a couple of weeks ago, the first two years of my son's life, I was home with him every Friday. Mm. And that okay. wasn't a work from home. That was, I was home Friday. And when I was on that day home with him, dude, 
there was a lot of important work calls that I just watched the phone ring. I was like, I'm out of work mode, dude. I am mm. not. You know what I mean? So I think having that separation is very That's important. That's key, dude. Yeah. That's key. Yeah. Two things. Yeah. I told my um, – we get calls all the time. Obviously, you do too. Acquisitions, yeah. mergers, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told them, the one person who says you could get a private jet, access to a private jet, I'll accept your offer. So until then <laughs> – we will talk. It would be very <laughs> hard for me to turn that down. That's what I was saying. I Especially if, you really if it was want like me. whenever you wanted it, you know. Whenever you wanted it, if you can give me 10. There's yeah. 10, times, 10 times during the year. We travel quite. My wife's yeah. a travel agent, was a travel agent, awesome. still is. Yeah. So, like, we travel, man. We probably have – we probably traveled, like, every month, just like you. Yeah. But, like, more family stuff, more. I didn't go to a lot of conferences, unfortunately. I need to do a better job of that in, in, in next year. But – Man, that I was literally talking to my brother. We were on on to Western 101 Labs, and then from there he was going to go to Indy Tech, and from there there was another conference that he mm-hmm. needed to go to. I was like, bro, like if I had a private jet right now, like not to brag, I could get to yeah. Western 101 Labs, get through that two hour meeting, come back, work for a couple of days, go to Indy Tech when I have to present, and you're not tired, and then I come back. I feel like it will make my life better with my, yeah. my oh, more time with my kids, my wife, and all that stuff. So if you get to the point to where the money doesn't matter, yeah. It makes all the sense in the world, dude. I've looked into it. Yeah. I've looked into it a ton. Um, and not because it's not from a baller standpoint. In fact, mm-hmm. I had a buddy who took up a, a big private jet, like a Gulf Stream recently for the first time. And he was with someone else. And uh, I was like, you know what's baller, more baller than riding on a private jet? He's like, what? I was like, not posting about it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then he posted about it on Instagram, which I didn't blame <laughs> him at all. I didn't yeah. blame him at all. Uh, he knows who he is watching this, but it was just, it was, I was just poking at him, but, uh, yeah. but it's Alex Ramosi yeah. did a video a couple of weeks ago where he said it makes more sense on the short flights than it does the long sure. ones. And I was like, I totally get that as someone who comes from yeah. a small airport that I have to connect yeah. everywhere because if you're taking a five hour flight, the day's already shot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 100%. But if you take a one hour flight, we got to mm-hmm. get to the airport an hour and a half before mm-hmm. you got to go through luggage. All, like, all, like it mm-hmm. adds, you know Eight, what I mean? Nine hours. Yeah, Exactly. But yeah, man, like you talk like, so we had a client who had not a jet, but a, it was a very nice prop plane with club seating mm. and, uh, he chartered it out. They called it, they call it uh dry leasing. So it's a, they're avoiding some of the, I think fees and stuff that okay. go with chartering, but, uh, he dry leased it to people. And, uh, I had a speaking engagement in Arkansas and it was like, yeah. Like you couldn't get there from here. Like I sure. flew into Little Rock and it was like a two hour drive uh-huh. and then you couldn't get any Ubers where you were at. Like it was, it, yeah, it was just, and, uh, so I inquired with my client about it and, uh, it was 4,500 bucks round trip to, to do it, uh, which was not built into my fee mm-hmm. then, but, but I could do it now. Of course, mm-hmm. unfortunately he sold the plane, but, uh, but the way he was describing it to me is he said, imagine, so I live in Mobile. Mm-hmm. Pensacola is an hour and 10 minutes from Mobile. Oh, okay. He's like, it's going to turn, like your level of tiredness, it's going to turn you going to Arkansas and back in the same day like you driving to Pensacola mm-hmm. and back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that might be worth like. The 4,500. Yeah, yeah, sure. exactly. But uh, but yeah, man, like I'm as adverse to being acquired as you could possibly imagine. <laughs> but if somebody's like, hey, we'll give you a Gulfstream. I might, I might yeah. have to say yes, but, yeah, but anyway, our goal is to acquire so many agencies. We have to be the there ones go. the jet. You know, there we so. go. Um, so we got to end this podcast, my man, here soon. But um, this podcast was called Win Today Podcast. 
it was all about how do, how do people win, win your day. What are a couple of things that every day, man, whether it's honestly as little as like, I have to give my wife a kiss every day. Yeah. Like what are those two non-negotiables that if you do, you know you're going to win your day? And what are two things that you would recommend producers could do mm-hmm. to win their day? Yeah, so uh, this is one of those questions if I had like a week to think about it, I could give a really good answer. <laughs> but So for me, I'm big on my days are crazy. Mm-hmm. So I try to start them and stop them the same every day. Mm. So my morning routine and my evening routine, okay. when you see me at my most like frazzled, uh-huh. which will be like this week because I'm traveling, mm-hmm. it's when I can't do those two things. I'm a very routine person. Mm. Um, so I like starting, and I don't have like a crazy morning. My mm. morning routine is just to have some time to myself in the morning, drink a cup of coffee. My son sits in my lap and watches mm-hmm. Coco Melon or Go mm-hmm. Dog Go. But it's starting that day the same way, mm. like morning routine. Mm. I usually don't take any calls until 10 a.m., mm. I will sit there and watch the phone ring. Uh, I'm an introvert Mm -hmm. and I avoid energy vampires. And if I take a call in the first two hours of the day, it's going to suck energy out in the whole day. So usually for Mm -hmm. me, it's that morning routine and then it's eight to 10 o'clock, just Mm -hmm. like deep work. And then Mm -hmm. I can get into like meetings and that sort of thing. That's why our our team meeting, our staff meeting, our LTN, we started at 10 a.m. Cool. So having that first two hours to myself and then being able to get a lot of stuff done is good. And then ending the day cool. the similar way. Uh, my evening routine is usually uh, one of us puts a kid to bed. Usually it's my wife. Uh, she's better at it than I am. Uh-huh. Um, I play uh, 20 minutes of a VR golf game okay. on the Oculus. I referenced yeah. that earlier. Uh, I'm actually the number 54 ranked uh, virtual <laughs> golfer in the, in the world right now. <laughs> Um, but I do 20 minutes. Yep. I'm not a gamer, right. but I just do 20 minutes. That's like my escapism uh, to get me totally, you know what cool. I mean? Um, and then I go to bed and me and my wife uh, just kind of like decompress for the day. Usually each other has like some funny videos we show each other, cool. have a couple conversations, and then that's that's, that's kind of the evening. Yeah, cool. That's my like just to get away from all the issues yeah. and stuff. And usually like everything be damned, I do those two things every cool. day. You know, so, what was the second question? To per, for the producers, what are one or two things that you would recommend producers to win their day from your producer days or watching producers yeah. or interviewing producers for the last whatever, however many years you've been doing? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you're a thousand cold calls away from changing your life, mm-hmm. being willing to take action, um, learn to be a good prospector. Mm-hmm. I think the person with the most prospects is going to make the most sales because either the math works out yep. or you get really good at sales through repetition. You know, I don't, I don't think I'm a great speaker, but I'm okay enough that people mm-hmm. pay me to do it because I've done it a hundred mm-hmm. times or a thousand yep. times or whatever, right? So I think just taking that action is is key, man. You know, do the most cool. difficult thing first. All the typical stuff. I mean, it's, yep. it's, it's like, you know, how to win is very easy. Like, how do you lose yeah. weight? You eat more calories than you – I mean, you, you, yeah. You, yeah. you eat less calories than what you're supposed to, yep. right? How do you – uh, have a good marriage. Well, you be there for your wife and you love her and take care of her. Yep. And you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all, mm-hmm. it's, it's just taking action, yep. right? Forget all the other bull crap and just take action, take action, put that's one step in front of the, one foot in front of the other and yep. do it. I mean, that's, I would disagree. You're a good speaker, man. I don't um, know. About you can that. relate. I don't know about that. You can relate with people, which is I'm not which good is in biggest. a technical sense, but yeah, I know who my audience is. That's it. That's the, it's, that's I'm it. talking to a very like, yeah. you know, yeah. And I know that like the Safeco joke, like I know the jokes <laughs> that are going to make them uh-huh. laugh. And, and oh, yeah. I have a very, my structure. Yeah. So my structure is 
and it's the same every time. It's joke, uh-huh. prerequisite to the speech, uh-huh. show you how we are successful yep. in doing what I'm about to tell you, and then tell you how to do it. And that yep. hooks them in. What most speakers do is they might start with a joke, uh-huh. but then they're like, we did this, we did this, we yep. did this, we did this, and mm. these were the results. Mm. And you lose people along the way. But if mm. you show them, that's why I showed that slide. Mm-hmm. If you show them the results, yep. then you have them hooked, and then they listen. Yep. So yep. anyway. Bradley Flowers, man. Thanks, brother. Uh, appreciate you, brother. Yeah.